Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Dan Kovacevic, he's Ramon, and this is brought to you always by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're serving hot, fresh food around the clock. Ramon, mm-hmm. this offensive line. You know, ever since we've been doing this show, sometimes we talk like a little too much about the offensive line, like just because yeah, of don't. your background. Now you can't you can't talk about it enough. It's 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 on the street. Yeah, I I know. Uh, trust me, I'm I'm hearing from it here in Nashville, and I know the world is a whole lot closer because of social media. But I'm hearing from. I was telling you before we came on, man. I'm getting so many mentions and ads on social media, on my inbox, uh, everywhere, and telling me, "Hey, you sure you don't want to come out of retirement?" <laughs> And they pair me with Marquise every single time, or it's Dave, or it's something. Like, I'm hearing it also. I'm seeing it also, too, because I go back and look at the All-22. And uh, I love the guys, but it's it's just not there yet. It's not. It's simply not there, man. Just a bunch of – I think it starts with winning one-on-one battles first. And now, truth be told, this is the, the life of an offensive lineman, too. I say if you win in about 95, 97% of, of what you got going on, your one-on-one blocks, you're good. And truth be told, they're not losing every single time. And there are some plays here or there that's not their fault. But they got to get it above 97% as far as wins, losses, man. It's, it's Or just get lucky enough to where your guy isn't making the play. The play last week with Dotson, that's not winning the play. So much so that he's getting heralded. Uh, Ogan Joby, what is it? Yeah, Ogan Joby. He's on, on TV the D lineman from uh, Cincinnati just getting applauded by the way he played. And I'm just looking at the scheme of things like, man, we got to start winning one-on-ones across the board and then we'll worry about everything else, DK. Well, that's part of why, you know, as Matt Canada acknowledged after uh, practice this week that the Steelers have attempted to simplify things for the offensive line. They have gotten away from – I hate hearing that, man. I know, because, but because no, no, I'm, I'm not saying in the sense of like he's not supposed to say that. I'm saying in the sense when you say, "Man, we got to start simplifying things." That means that what everything that you were doing wasn't working. And yeah. if you're saying you got to start simplifying the offensive line, that means that look, we got to make this as basic as can be because you guys just aren't getting the job done. And if that's the OC saying that, we but, see it on film. But. That's, yes, that's a bad place to be at. It's a bad place to be, but it is the place that. That, that they in. are, yeah, okay. they are. So I don't have a problem. I mean, no, I don't. I was just acknowledging. I see that what we're, you're saying. The state, yeah, okay. now, yeah. I, you I, know, like this is week four. This is the first quarter of the season, and yeah. we're already at that point. We shouldn't be with this point already with the amount of youth that they have. Um, the new OC that almost sounds like he 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 sounds like he wants to scrap what he already had planned to get what he wants eventually out of this group, man. That's not okay dk no and those it's, dudes it's... and again I, I try to be opti- uh, optimistic about their job that they're doing but when it's bad we got to call it that too and as of late it hasn't been good no it's survival mode i mean I, I don't think that's you know in in a football context it's survival mode mm-hmm. they have to make sure that their quarterback it doesn't leave lambeau field on a stretcher I mean, they got some dudes. They do. <laughs> they got some dudes, man. And I know they up, up lost front, one of yeah. they lost one of the rushers to IR for a little bit. 
uh, Zadarius Smith. I don't think he's playing, but they also got the, the former first rounder out of Michigan, who was also the number one overall prospect in the nation coming out of high school, who ended up being the 12th overall pick, also rushing on the other side of the Smith. Uh, of the other Smith, I get his first name, uh, but he's there. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's not going to get easier. Pittsburgh is at a point, you sent me a direct quote last week speaking about the state in which we were, meaning Ogan Joby from uh, Cincinnati said they've always had a good line. They've worked well with their quarterback. Well, now it's time for people to pile on you. Either you're going to stop this 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 pitfall, or are you going to step up to the plate? Like right now, I can vouch for them as much as I want to. Like they're young, they're talented, they can get the job done. But truth be told, DK, it's a matter of buckling down, straightforward, and kicking the man in front of you's butt. That's what it's going to be. The old James Harrison approach. When we when we talk about uh, this offense here in the city right now, as you can imagine, too, the conversation goes all over the place. But where does it always end up? The old line. Well, it, it, it's where it should end up. Where it actually does end up is the quarterback. And it's hard, Ramon, for for. Uh, for, for a lot of people who don't, you know, who aren't like you, who are inside the game, who played the game, uh, who not just understand it, but feel it, to really appreciate the impact that a shaky offensive line or an offensive oh. line that doesn't do its job has on the entire process. Mm-hmm. But, and that goes to, because okay. you, I mean, you've had, you know, we, we were joking about this on last week's show, but like the, the game in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where the Eagles, I'm saying this respectfully. Yeah. No, ate, say it exactly. Ate, ate all of you alive. Yeah, they did. Okay, you included. I mean, there was, yeah, this, was this was a this was okay. It was our Dave, day. Poor Dave, man. Was, <laughs> yeah, Dave had Fletcher yeah. Cox and never came close to stopping him. And it doesn't matter what else happens. If you, you know, can't keep the guy behind you comfortable. Mm-mm. And and that works both ways too. Like when we've had backup quarterbacks behind us, we were just thinking, man, please just be calm back there. So I get that sense of what you're saying, and I don't take it to heart at all as far as what a- exactly it was. And uh, uh, truth be told, those guys up front got to do their job. And I'm not sure why it is what it is as far as the technique or not winning the way they're supposed to, or just the understanding that look. These dudes on the other side get checks. And the dudes that you're seeing, mostly the defensive linemen, they get big ones because they're athletic as heck. You're at a competitive disadvantage just because of the athletics, uh, the uh, criteria that they have opposed to you. And it's just bad. I can't really just put it in the box to say what. Just as a group, if it's not this guy, then it's the other guy. If it would get a big play, then it's a penalty this game. That's what the Cincinnati game was. There was no flow. It was a whole lot of ebb the last time they played him, and it was frustrating watching it because I'm like, you got something good, or why did you pull him? Why didn't you let go of him right here? Where is the football knowledge? One thing I always prided myself on is trying to be football smart, meaning, look, if I know how to block a guy and get him to the point, I'll leave him right there. I know when I feel the outside, when I, when I feel a defender leaving my, 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 my presence in front of me, let go. There comes a point when it's enough to just get the job done and not detriment your team, not be a detriment to your team. And right now, I feel like this younger group has got to find that fine line. And they might see this and get mad about what I'm saying. But it comes down to it's not just getting in front of people. 
It's not just starting. Anybody can get the opportunity to start. But can you be effective at starting? Can you answer the call every single week? That's one thing I always hated about fans and just media personalities also asking for the backup every single time. Yeah. When you get them, you, and you've heard me say this too, they're the backups for a reason. Guys, you're in a position right now to be starters. You can either get 10 and be out of this league or you can go get 120. Which one do you want? Like, that's the decision that's got to be made, DK. At this point right now, it's looking like it could be an entirely new, new team. At this point, when you lose in this league, DK, there's a lot of change. Meaning, if Ben wanted to come back next year, if they lose or under 500, it might not be the case. It's just simply because they got to find answers. If this offensive line is the biggest issue, they're going to go find other people or make more competitions in order to get you in a better position to be more successful. There is a lot of things that come along, and I'm not sure what the future is really looking like for this team, if it doesn't get it together, I hate to think that the people that I know there are out of the building because of losing. And I think Mike T. Kev, Omar, Mr. Rooney, that entire group of leadership has done well. But you know how that pressure from outside sources like us talking about this right now, how the fan base feels about what winning is in Pittsburgh, at least make it look good. And I'll say this, too. It just hasn't looked good. No, it hasn't. And and Moan, by the way, as much as we'd appreciate their views, if they're watching this, there's other film they really ought to be looking at this week. When we yeah. when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the quarterback, the wide receivers, the running back, the skill positions, and to what extent they can mitigate this. We're gonna try to find solutions, right? When we come back. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster show. Moan. Yeah, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, if you're especially Ben Roethlisberger and you're of his stature and where he is right now in the NFL, when you consider that even his other guys from the draft aren't around anymore, you know, Eli and Phillip Rivers, it's just there's there's Ben and Brady and a couple others. Yeah. And you're going to get it. You're going to have everything that you do out there magnified. And you're not going to have people saying, yeah, but it sure looked like Kevin Dotson missed that block. You're just not it's it's not going to happen. But if you're Ben and Ben has gone out of his way to say this is all my fault, this is all my fault, which is so yes. but what can he actually do because he's already got the NFL's fastest release time now for a second year in a row. What can he actually do? It's, he's surrounded by a bunch of guys that may not see it the way he see it. And they might feel like they're, you know, doing enough. But then you got to ask yourself sometimes, like, is it really enough? Where do we need to be? What actually works for us, man? He's got a very talented, talented group around them, man, as far as receiver. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. This is what happens. So we speak about stuff early on, and then the season starts. And then reality, okay, now we're watching what's actually, you know. (laughs) But to that that point about, you know, being taking the ownership of it, I think when a person does that, it challenged me more because I know for a fact it wasn't just the person taking ownership. If a coach ever said, man, this one's on me, guys, immediately to myself, I'm thinking, I should have did this better. I could do this better. Next week, I'm going to do this. That's got to be the mentality instead of accepting one and two. That's not okay. That's not what you want to be, especially when you lose to a team like Cincinnati, who's got a young quarterback. You want to keep them exactly where you have them at with your foot on their neck and letting them know, hey, we we run this. 
at least we're going to be competitive. This past weekend was not that at all, DK. Just it was it was <laughs> it was a lot to take in this past weekend. Yeah. Well, this coming weekend the challenge gets you know bigger. a little a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, not to mention being on the road and everything else. Um, I just I I look at the offense situation again, setting the line aside here, and ask myself what what can be done. The answer remains without reasonable NFL average blocking, nothing. However, <laughs> let's presume that you get that. What does this offense look like to you? Like if you just had if they you just snapped your fingers and had not great blocking, NFL average. NFL Six, average. 16 out of 32, right there. Boom. What, you're getting what about – go ahead. You're getting about 110, 115 yards rushing. Wow. That's, that's, that's what NFL I would say. That's NFL average? That is, it has to be very close to that, DK. Okay. It can't be much lower than that or higher. It's got to be 100 to about 110, 115. is about what I say, especially with a dynamic back like friggin' Najee Harris. That's yeah. one thing I've noticed. This kid is special. Mm. For a lot of different reasons, his extra yardage that he's get after contact, his ability to catch, his ability to block, his ability to be a fifth receiver if you need him to be. The kid is young, he's full of talent, and you got to be able to maximize it. For this team with an average offensive line, they got to be getting at least 100. I don't care how it's coming. But you know he's capable of, of doing it, whether it's the run scheme or whether it's the blocking. That's got to happen. you got five wide receivers that are capable of any day getting 100 yards and more. Deontay down, cool. Next, Chase, you're up. Juju, you're up. James, you're up. McFarlane, you're up. Like, that's where you're at. And not even mentioning the two tight ends. That's where we are. You got Fryman, you think you got, uh, what's his name? Also, yeah, Eric Ebron. Yeah. Eric Ebron. That's where we're at. And, and if it's me this past weekend, and I'm one of those smaller skill positions, if I'm running back, tight end, wide receiver, and I look at that stat line because they all do. Najee Harris was the leading receiver, and I almost think by default. Yeah, you know, it was you know all, all checkdowns. All, all checkdowns check because downs. either – I'll say this too. Now, maybe their routes weren't as crisp as you needed them to. I know Cincinnati got a lot of young talent, but I didn't think their DB uh, – their secondary was that good. No. Okay? So, if it's the blocking up front and which Ben doesn't trust the guys to give them enough, enough time, then they got to go to those guys and have a conversation like, hey, as much as we help y'all in the run game, we need y'all to help us also. Like, it's a team thing when it comes down to throwing and catching and also running the ball. Having Najee, which, hey, it was dynamic as heck. I'm sure some fantasy owners loved him being the, the number one receiver this past weekend. But you know and I know, running backs in the AFC North are supposed to run the ball against divisional opponents, not leading the team when it comes down to uh, receptions and yards. That's not okay. And maybe that may have been the game plan. DK, I don't know that because I'm not um, watching the game plan right now. You know but what? It, you saw the game plan, Moan, in the, in the, I thought, on the very first couple of series. And you alluded yeah. to, to this earlier, which was that they had these and, – and Mike Tomlin talked about this too, and he's usually not the type to cite – uh, something that, that turned out negative yeah. as a positive, but they had three different carries that Najee had of 10 plus yards all wiped out by penalty. Yes. So you can say, well, he never would have gotten the 10 yards if they hadn't committed the penalty, but these were penalties that didn't impact the run yeah. itself. 
So you were just wiping it. So you saw, I think, they even had Derek Watt out at fullback a couple yeah, of times. I, I mean, saw. Like, I, I just like, wow, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And you see that and you go, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to take the burden off of Ben, off the passing game and say, here, we're just going to forget zone blocking nothing. We're going to go right at you. And they did it, and they did it effectively, and then the flag came. Penalties. Because that was a whole bunch of things. DK, the biggest way for guys to get their confidence as offensive linemen is to be able to run the ball, control the tempo, beat them down. Because, look, if you think I'm going to run on you, guess what? I'm going to play action, and then I'm going to run again, and then we're going to go to pass blocking, pass, pass protecting that. That's the recipe to a successful offensive line is being able to run the ball efficiently. If you come predictable, uh, DK, I actually watched the game after it was done. And when I looked at that box score and I saw Ben Roethlisberger, 58 passes, I'm driving <laughs> was- back. I'm driving back from my kids' little league, no, flag football game. Miles had a flag football game. By the way, blanked, okay, the team this weekend. It was the Steelers actually too. Nice. I beat the, the Steelers flag. But I looked at the box score. I had to throw again, that in. I had to throw that in. I'm sorry, DK. Hey, I'm the head coach. I got to brag. I, I, I get it. But when I looked at the box score, when I got in my vehicle, and I saw B. B Roethlisberger, 58 attempts, I said, ain't no way. That's not supposed to be the case, DK. Against Cincinnati. None of this. None of this year. 58 times through the air. I may be off on that number, but I think I'm correct. No, it's 58. 58 passes. Do you? Oh. 11 drops, by the way. That's 11, frustrating. 11 drops. How many sacks was it? Do you remember? And I was saying, even supposed to be about the offensive line right now in this second. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's, but it no, goes back uh, to it, it. Everything does. We could, we could start talking about uh, special teams. And we're going to end up on that conversation again because that's that's where this all goes to. It's not a matter of I, I have a feeling that fans sometimes hear this sort of thing and think, oh, they've just they've picked someone to blame. This no. is the target of blame. No, this is just where all the roads lead. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not like we're not trying to take it easy on Ben or be a Ben apologist or anything like that. Look, for all we know, mm-hmm. for all we know, Ben actually might be washed up. It could but we, be. But we don't know that right now when he's Especially, under siege. Think about when you see a, uh, abused dogs. Like, you move quickly, they jump. Like, Ben has been abused back there. Okay? And I know those guys are taking pride. I know Coach Clem got a lot of pride in his group, too. But facts are facts. And until you, finish, until you correct it, this is what we have to lay on right now. What a situation. When we come back, a slice of life with Ramon. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. This is always where we do our slice of life segment. This program is always brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And, Moan, you talked a lot about the importance of the the mental component uh, to the game, mm-hmm. both on the field and off the field. And I'm pretty sure that they're equally important. Yeah. And how, how does that apply to your commitment that you have to the craft that you're in? It you go, know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a – go ahead. Go ahead. It, well, a commitment to the craft. Well, number one, you especially 
playing sports most of the time. I say from definitely some in high school, but college on up. You live in a different universe when it comes down to handling what's given to you, meaning your athletic ability, meaning the opportunity to play at a big time college or small time college. And then after that, playing on a professional level, you got one person being watched by hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And the ability to get through that mentally and say, I know I did enough. I know I'm good enough and I know I belong. A lot of people can't do that because they listen to too much outside chatter or they listen to the the, the opposite side of, of the brain that says you're not good enough. Mental toughness is one of those things where the people that, that live in it, do it, go by it, they don't even think about it. And one of the things uh, that uh, I was always told by Coach Tomlin, and this was just after this was later in my career, as far as, and honestly, we were talking about some old line stuff and just, man, uh, and I always acknowledge those exit interviews when it was a contract year. And then my last deal I did with him, um, before I left the meeting, I told Coach T, if you give me a goal, I'm going to knock that out. And he was like, Mo, I ain't ever doubted that the day I met you. And I was like, well, what you mean by that? Like, hell, because I went undrafted and, you know, all this type of stuff. And he was just like, Mo, everything that we had about you in your profile was 100% correct. And I was like, well, what is that? He was like, you don't realize this. But when we've put people in front of you or around you or challenge you, you've answered that every single time because you got a talent that you don't even think about. I'm like, well, what is it? My strength? Like my goal? It's like you got a mental toughness talent. It's like the same way people run, jump, catch a ball, throw a ball, or run a 40. It's like that is your talent. And he was like, for some people, they don't even realize it. And you built for the types of thing that comes your way. And because of that, I know you'll be fine. And next thing you know, I'm getting my last deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. because of that. And it's one of those things I've kind of always taught my kids that, too, is like, look, this is another cliche of Coach Tomlin. People either don't want to hear your problems or glad you got them. So why even give bad stuff the light of day? Why even give an opportunity of, of thinking that you can't do something when all you got to do is face it? Now, it's probably easier for me to say that, and especially this day and age where people deal with mental health, of trying to find a box to get out of and, you know, going into dark corners and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, DK, if people hone in to what's important in those situations, if you figure out, look, I got to take the long road and I'm OK with that. And I'll say this, too. I've I've had great examples of being able to get through stuff by my brothers, by my mom, who's strong as ever, by my wife, by just watching my son, who's 13 years old now, be, a, you know, open heart surgery kid at like four or five months years old. So I've, I've seen a bunch of stuff. But the thing is, we can't get too ahead of ourselves wanting the end race or the end game. And delayed gratification is something a lot of people can't handle or deal with. And I've also just. I got to a point in life a little bit and in my career to where it's like, if it's going to be, it's going to be. If I can't change it, why worry about it? And and because of those things, I'm going to do what I need to do to get to the end of the, t- get to the end of the day or get to the end of the goal at hand. That's why I, I use the phrase commitment to the craft because where the mental toughness component in, in, in covering athletes, um, and, and really, and coaches too, because they're also oh, very yeah. much part of this. Okay, people don't think of it necessarily that way, but it, where the separator happens is way before you get to the it big is. leagues. Okay, it is. It's commitment to the craft. Craft. 
And when you put yourself in that situation, which you do voluntarily yeah. and enthusiastically because you're playing the game and the game is yeah. fun. And then, then the game is something more than fun. Then the game becomes, and oh, it can business. be a burden and it can chase you. It can, it can chases moan a lot of people away regardless of their God-given yeah. uh, size, speed, but, athleticism. But see, this is the thing, though, too. Some people, and, and I say this in a sense, never settle for anything. But it's just sometimes you hit your ceiling and that's it. But your ceiling is probably a whole lot higher than any floor that anybody else have. I actually, I, I feel like got to a point in my life where I was just realizing, like, it's what's for you is for you. And you can't change that. Like, it's going to be like Marquise, athletic ability came for him easy. Like, it was it was nothing. DeCastro, easy. Guys like myself and Al, you know what I'm saying, had to work just a little bit harder. But you can't be it in, you can't look at that in a bitter situation, too. You got to look at it. Number one, I know I belong still. I just got to do a little bit more. I got to focus a little bit longer. I got to get as much as I can out of this one rep or out of this camp that the other person can't. I knew I needed to practice. Because why? The end game of it all, the craft of it all showed that, look, Mon, you got to get a little bit more time to what you got in order to get what you want out of it. If that meant, man, Mon, we need you to step across this line and and don't lose ground on, on one of your blocking assignments. Well, I'm going to take about five, ten minutes outside of practice on the practice field at the UPM center, UPMC center and step across the line, getting my footwork ready. Whereas you have a guy like Marquise, that's gone. He's good yeah, to go. Yeah. You know he, what I'm saying? He just exists. It yeah. just goes. And I'm just using him as a reference. But you got to figure out who you are and what's comfortable for you. That's going to be the biggest task, I think, in life in general. You can't look like Michael Jordan and expect to be like him also. No, that's different. He's a whole lot different than what you are as a person. Maybe his mental makeup is what took him over the top. Maybe it was he spent – two more minutes on the court than you did. So mental toughness to me is being able to understand what you are, who you are, and how you go about it, DK. And once you get to that point in life, you'll be a whole lot better as a person. One of the best compliments I had, uh, actually in the last 24 hours, my kid got player of the week. I posted it on social media and everything too. And uh, I know the coach Frank Omiel is his name, and he played in NFL also. And uh, I was just like, man, we're going to work on RJ in the offseason, get his legs stronger, because RJ is like 6'2", long and lanky. He's, he's long, just, yeah. He He's no muscle mass at all. And I was like, we're going to get him stronger. He's going to be ready to go come this eighth grade year. And Frank said this about him. He was like, man, I just appreciate how he comes to practice every single day. He was like, he doesn't complain. He doesn't worry. He doesn't he, – he just does his job, whether it's good or bad, and he goes about his work. I was like, Frank, that's all I needed to hear because that lets me know mentally all the stuff I've told him, he's kind of bought yeah. into it. And, and and it's like it's like it's like because, this. Because yeah. DK, from high school on up, I've met better athletes. I've know. seen smarter people. And yet and still of that group of people, they fall off because they get off their own plan. Drugs, maybe, just bad decisions. Because why? Mentally, they lost track of what the end goal was. Yeah, that's 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 uh that's beautiful, man. That's 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 really 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 good stuff. Uh we'll see how mentally tough <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are this weekend. Um I, I 
not to yet again boomerang the the dialogue back to the offensive line, but it's hot. The one thing that I can tell you that I that I have liked about this group, and it might be the only thing, is is that they carry themselves well. Okay. And I know nobody wants to hear anything good about them, but when when I'm around. Uh, Kevin Dotson, when I'm around Dan Moore, when I'm around certainly Trey Turner, the yeah. veteran, uh, Chooks is another one. Uh, they they exude a calm confidence. Uh, I, I don't want to put Zach Banner in that group because nothing about him is calm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just he's really loud, yeah. but he's got his own way. Of of being confident, I know you've you've actually yeah. teased him about this about how he keeps putting himself into positions where you'd better come through for that profile. You yeah. Um, the the only part of this offensive line that I like so far is that is that, and 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 to that point I made earlier, DK about what percentage of offensive linemen supposed to win. Like they may be winning at about ninety percent. But that 10 that shows, you got to cut into that. It's got to be about 97, 98%, man, because the defense is bound to get something. So it ain't all bad, and there's a long season ahead of them. Moan, appreciate this. Let's do it again next week. See if the club uh, can can bounce back and we can talk about something other than the offensive line. If you're going to get a bounce back week, it's this one. This would be a good one to have. Yeah, no question about it. Next week.